and welcome to Get Fruitful Conversations. I'm your host, Anwen Cooper, and if you're interested in growing a passion-fueled, purpose-driven enterprise and believe that business can be a force for greater good, then this is the podcast for you. Each episode, I'll be talking with inspiring entrepreneurs and inviting them to share how they're pioneering new ways of working to create more prosperity and positive impact for people and the planet. We'll be bringing you fresh insight and practical actions to generate more income and impact through your own business. Our purpose is to give you new perspectives on how to align your vision to a bigger mission in a way that fulfills your personal potential while also generating a longer lasting legacy and more value for all. So thanks for tuning in. I'm delighted you're here to listen. Now let's get fruitful with today's conversation. My guest today is founder and principal partner of the Elevate Partnership, Paul Crick. Having gained a degree in Management Sciences, an MBA from Henley Business School, as well as diplomas and certifications in marketing and psychotherapy, Paul has become a highly qualified and experienced business professional and coach. And he's worked in a range of different organizations and roles before going on to set up his current business, the Elevate Partnership which offers high performance coaching for teams and individuals seeking to transform their leadership culture. And he's working towards enabling more people to become better ancestors to future generations. He's also a TEDx speaker, volunteer mentor, and chair of the Board of Trustees for Performing Arts College, and holds a certificate in business sustainability management from the University of Cambridge and has also done the climate reality leadership training program so a really interesting guest today please welcome paul crick thank you very much thanks for giving me an opportunity to um, spend some time with you it's great to have you here to speak so obviously uh, from that introduction people will get a feel for huge wealth of experience and knowledge that you bring to your work and the passion that you have for making business a force for good and that's obviously the theme of these conversations so I wanted to start off with that topic uh, today and just ask you a bit about what does business as a force for good mean for you? I think I think first of all it's um, shifting away from the idea of serving short-term shareholder interests solely uh, i'm not saying don't share don't serve shareholders uh, i'm saying be more balanced um, so there's a triple bottom line uh, is the first thing uh, i think business has a responsibility and is, is is shifting that to become a force for good so if you look at the edelman trust uh, barometer for 2021 um, everything that's happened in the last 18 months has sort of led to a a, a rapid decline in trust in public institutions, uh, in political organisations, and sort of business comes out at, at, at the best of those bunches, but doesn't come out particularly well. Um, but now has an opportunity to step into the fray because I, I get the sense that, and I think COP26 is showing us that, um, it's only those that are willing to take action that, and try and make a difference that are actually going to help. Um, restore balance to a world that you know is 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 in trouble 
you know, in terms of um, depleted biodiversity, uh, some of the increasing climate challenges that are, that are now landing on people's doorsteps, and 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 perhaps the greatest thing of all, you know, the social inequality. You have to remember that the people people affected most are, are often you know those uh, in developing countries uh, that aren't as wealthy as the the, the top third um, of the economic power and wealth that exists within the world. So I think I think there's that. I think as a force for good, you know, the recognition that um, I, I was always puzzled by the term work-life balance because when you find work you love to do, it's not work. Mm -hmm. uh, this isn't work, but it is. Um, mm. So I think there's a need for greater humanity. I think the idea of you know, leaders as being heroes, I think that time is now starting to disappear. I think the idea of um, white man's power over other things and other people, I think that's dissipating slowly uh, and needs to accelerate. Um, everyone deserves, everyone on the planet deserves a good quality of life. Everybody uh, and everybody and everything, you know, we need to reconnect certain things that have become disconnected. So the idea that we are separate from nature, we're not, we're an animal species that is part of nature. And therefore we need to be more respectful of that as, um, and, and, and go back to some of the indigenous practices that, that, that serve those and, and ways of thinking. Um, and I, you know, I'm not holding that up as uh, that up as the panacea for all our ills because that's not the case, but it is to look at what can we learn and things like the Pachamama Alliance are doing that uh, extremely, extremely well, uh, trying to bring those practices in. So rec reconnecting us back as uh, into nature, reconnecting, you know, the masculine and the feminine energy, um, you know, that not, and I'm not talking gender there. I, I'm talking more of diversity, inclusion and equity where there is a feminine energy when brought to the table that creates better balance. The data shows that when that when that energy exists at the top of the company where there's decision making being take, taken, that those those organizations perform better than when it's solely a masculine energy. So there's there's a need to do that. There's also a need to rec reconnect mind and body. You know, we followed a reductionist approach that says if we examine things smaller and smaller and smaller, we'll eventually get a, a, an understanding of that. And yet we, we are whole beings, whole bodies. So we need to go back to understanding how mind and body work. Um, so there's, there's a number of reconnections that need to take place. And I think the business that, that follows that, that kind of thinking is trying to do the, the, the great thing. The other thing is, you know, um, it's this idea of looking at not just the next generations of our grandchildren, um, but looking beyond that and saying, well, what kind of world are we leaving? Um, and, and how do we, how do we go back and, um, instead of going into space, you know, investing that money here on earth to say, well, how do we restore balance? How do we undo some of the damage that's been done so that when the, those unborn generations come, uh, into being, they have a world uh, that that will support them and their families and mm. it, it it's kind of um it's a bit of an ethereal concept but but i do think it's important and i think um i think our way of thinking needs to change 
um, about that. It's not not about me and some of it's about me. Don't don't get me wrong. It would be silly <laughs> silly not to say that. You know, it's like yeah, I like my iPhone and I like I like my gadgets and all that sort of thing. But it's being mindful of that. Yeah, if you go to, um, I went to a, a greengrocer's the other day, a, um, a, a chain, used to be a farm shop, and we sat in front of the um, vegetable rack and we wanted some tomatoes. And the choice was British tomatoes wrapped in plastic mm. or Dutch tomatoes loose. Oh. And you go, how do I make a decision? <laughs> which which is which is the more sustainable? Yeah, that's a tricky um, one. And, 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 you know you're thinking about that and you're thinking okay that's where we are now how do we make that better how do we do that um in a way that's more sustainable and how do we add that up and take account of that and what you learn is it becomes it actually is a very complicated mm. um topic it's a very long answer to a short question but but that's i'm trying to give your listeners a flavor of what i mean mean by it you yeah know, absolutely you're into short-term profits and chasing the numbers and driving people hard, um, you know, getting them to expend effort, you're not paying them properly, um, all those kinds of things, then, you know, I, I question whether you're being a better ancestor to a future generation. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That was a very wide ranging and holistic view, I think, of this topic, which, yeah, as you say, is very complex and interlinked um but thank you that was a, a good summary i feel touching on lots of different uh, points um so how how does business as a force for good relate directly to what you do through your own business and, and your own work so how are you sort of playing your part would you say so i think it starts with the quality of the relationship and conversation we have with ourselves and sometimes the quality of the relationship and the conversation we have with ourselves is not a good is not good. Um, we talk ourselves down. We think we're worth less than, worth less than we are. We believe our conditioning, you know, from school, from our parents, from the media. Uh, and it's it's like wearing a pair of um, dark sunglasses. It's kind of like you you view the world through through a certain set of lenses. And what we need to do is we need to take the glasses, learn how to take the glasses off to see the, the world in a different way. And and that, that journey is not easy because it's not like flicking a switch that says, um, well, just change. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if it was that easy, we'd all do it. Um, you know, there's a very, there's a very um, well-known story, well, case study of um, at-risk heart patients in the States mm. that, that were told you know, you need to change your lifestyle, otherwise you die. Uh, and of, of the sample that were told that, only one in seven actually made the change. Wow. So if you're if you're facing death and, and you can't change, what, I'm, I'm always curious as to, as, as to, okay, what's causing you to choose not to change? Mm. And, and that's all to do with how we talk to ourselves and the kind of conversation we have that leads, and, and our, that leads to our thought patterns and, and our behaviors. So how do you change that? Uh, and and then how do you, it, because if you have a poor quality of relationship with yourself and how you talk to yourself, then when you put that in the mix of a team, then how you, how you play with that team skews how that team performs, you, you know, yeah. yourself. Um, you know, if you've got, if you've got someone who's not on top of their game or 
you know, he's feeling off or is a bit snippy and snipey, that influences how that team comes together, interacts together, and then, you know, works towards achieving a common outcome. So my work's all about the inner development process. Um, I, I, it's taken me a, a while to figure out, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm lucky I've had all this experience. How do I make that work in a, in a business? But more importantly, how do I make it work in a business that I love to do? Um, and there's there's nothing more rewarding. Um, I, I, I tell you a story. There, there was a period in 2012, I was made redundant and I thought, right, I'm gonna be a professional musician. Uh, oh, wow. I always wanted, I've, al I've always wanted to do it. I, I always wanted to be, um, I, I always wanted to be the fifth member of Led Zeppelin, but strange mm -hmm. enough, they never got the call um, and never will, and that's fine. Uh, but I taught young kids in the village just for, you know, to keep, keep the wolf from the door, mm. how to play piano. And there was one young girl uh, and she was um, the daughter of a very successful lawyer, very sort of driving, successful. And you could tell she was just a bit stressed. And when we started, it was like, yes, I'll teach you piano and we'll learn scales and we learn pieces. And there was one particular piece she was learning. And she was every time she'd come in, she'd like always be struggling with it. And there was one week she came in and she said, I think I can play this. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. I tell you what, you sit at the piano, settle yourself down. I'm going to turn my chair the other way and I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to watch. Mm. And she played it perfectly from end to end. And I looked at her and she looked at me and with tears in her eyes, she said, I can really play that. Brilliant. That's what I'm about. Yeah. That's everyone can do more than they think they can do. Everyone can do more than they've been told they can do. They just need some encouragement and support to help them do that, whatever that is, mm. whether that's working in an individual space or whether that's working in a team space. And I think that, yeah, that's really what my work's about is how do I help teams play together by looking at what are the conversations you're not having? What's the quality of the conversation you are having and what's causing you to do that? How do we lower the waterline and make it safe for you to discuss the undiscussables? How do you make it safe um, for people to say, well, the issue we brought actually isn't the issue. The mm. issue is this. And I, I had a team a couple of weeks ago. They said, oh, the issue is this, you know, and, and, and it was part of the issue. But when we got down to it, it wasn't the issue at all. No. The issue was we need the courage to come together as a team, to have each other back, to go and talk to the board about the need to fix some of the things that sit, sit within the business that need to be fixed, that when we fix them, we can then move on. But because we're scared of the board, well, not scared of the board, but because we're worried about the consequences of having that conversation, then you know, that's the issue. Mm. So it was just a joy. So to see poor people walk across that bridge to vulnerability is firstly a privilege. Yeah, it, it is a privilege to witness because it, it does take courage and, and vulnerability and all those words that make people go, ooh, that's icky, <laughs> like that. Um, but it's not what you think it is. You know, it's not like we all sit, sit in a group therapy situation. It's, it's kind of like, well, you know, we, we do various things that get us to that. We, we don't take the scalpel and chop the, chop the disease bit off. Um, we, we try and heal collectively. So, um, yeah, it's a kind of a waffly answer, but that, that's what I, that's what I love. I love to work and help people do things that they can't, they think they can't do. Yeah. Whether that's individuals or teams.
yeah and sort of unlocking their potential absolutely yeah, yeah. liberating them really it, it, it is very liberating to take that weight of um i can't off to go actually i can and actually it's a lot easier than i thought it was going to be mm. yeah thank you so obviously in my introduction i uh, talked a little bit about your career to date and, and all the different trainings and experiences that you've had along the way well probably not all of them i'm sure i, I wasn't completely uh, comprehensive there but i gave people a flavor yes. um, of the journey that you've been on to this point i wanted to invite you to uh share a bit more um about anything that i missed out and and also to talk about um the learnings i guess that you've had along the way um and the changes that you've been on um, and, and how you feel it's sort of all woven together to get you to this point Listen, now because yeah. obviously you've done I'd, a number of different things, things. How, <laughs> how long have you got <laughs> um, uh, how I do think, you make sense of everything that you've done well by looking backwards as Steve Jobs would say um, I, I think uh, and I, I know it's the J word but that yeah we're all on this journey of life and um, we when you so I'm I'm mid fifties so when I grew up there was a certain expectation still of you know you go to school you get good grades you go to a good university you get a degree you go from a degree you get a good career you get married you have a house two kids and then you save up for a pension and then eventually you can have a life that you want mm. and, and clearly that is so old fashioned and so irrelevant now it's it it's not the case um, I think. I think I'm a, the honest answer is I'm a product of trying to get acceptance and approval from people I needed that approval from. So what I learned was all the certifications were, were either a, t a, a ticket to get through a door. It's like, I've got my ticket. Can I, can I come through the door now? But even that's, um, do you approve? Um, or have I made you proud yet? Um, um, and and that was interesting and it's it's taken me a long time to sort of realize that um so you could look at it and say well it's just one big compensation <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i think you're probably the most qualified person i've ever spoken to <laughs> I, I was very impressed you've got so many it means two things it means i love to learn mm. um and what i like learning is it, it is now multidisciplinary mm. um and i think i wanted to I wanted to have some credibility in the climate space and and, and that so i really wanted to understand that um, so that was important as part of my work going forward so that i can do that and i can talk to business and i've got the resources to be able to say well you know if you'd like me to do a presentation on how things are looking in your particular industry from a sustainability perspective here's what we can talk about um that was important um you know i got my mba because um yeah, I failed my A-levels yeah, and, and I went to a school that uh, expected you to, that groomed you for Oxbridge basically. Right. So I wasn't even going to Oxbridge. I, I wasn't even going to Red Brick. It was kind of, I remember my careers last year, bless him. He said, well, your grades aren't good enough to go to university. You'll need to go to one of those polytechnic thingies because <laughs> I don't know anything about them. Oh, go to the rear, careers office in town. So you can imagine how I felt, sort of legs, their tail between the legs going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Mm. And they were very helpful. And they said, well, you know, you should go and do something in business because that, that will always stand you in good stead. And I thought, well, that, that sounds sensible. 
I did summer work in my dad's business doing stuff that kids do, you know, makeup catalogues, tidy this, stock checks, which was all great experience. Um, but when I went to college, I suddenly discovered I could get A grades. You know, I was usually the one in the bottom five of the class consistently. Um, and therefore, I guess like a puppy that gets a treat and likes that and go, oh, can I have some more of that? Mm. Um, I became conditioned to getting good grades because it just felt good because I hadn't had it for about 15 years. <laughs> um, but I, I scored really highly and all of a sudden I discovered that I, I enjoyed learning. Mm. really enjoyed it and I guess that's that's where that took me um so I got the degree basically to say to school see you were wrong uh, then I got the master's degree to a get through the door of consulting and um also to remind the school that they were wrong um and uh I mean I'm painting black and white it's it's, it's much more complicated than that the, the the master's degree was a wonderful experience um, and the things you learn are not the things you go to learn. So it's not about the technical content necessarily. It was about the relationships you build. It's about the ability to have a global perspective really quickly, the ability mm. to digest and triangulate a number of different data points and go, okay, well here in this context, if I use this, 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 or this, I can say with some certainty, this is what's going on and therefore I can understand it, which actually yeah. in a consulting career was extremely helpful. You know, the ability to, digest information, turn that around, turn it into insight and then present it back to a client in the form of some kind of action plan that took them from where they were to where they needed to be or at least towards where they needed to be was really what they were paying us paying us to do mm. um, in demanding timescales and you know, going all over the world and you know, it sounds extremely glamorous until you've done it for two years and you kind of go, eh, I'm knackered. Yeah. Um, uh, so all, uh, but again, all wonderful experiences because some of what you learn is actually, I, that's not me. Um, and, and in the midst of the consulting thing, I, I sat on the end of a bed looking at a hotel wall. It was the Hilton Hotel on Edgware Road in London. I remember it distinctly looking at the wall going, is this, is this all the rest of my life is? Why am I so miserable? Because mm. to all intents and purposes, I shouldn't be, you know, big salary, let turn left on every plane striding the striding the planet like a giant um and you know welcomed by clients well most clients everywhere um to to go and do work so um and, and all the trappings and success that went with that so that took me into the world of um I, I got the london evening standard and it said a little advert in the corner that said get the life you deserve two hour free seminar in london i i thought that sounds like me i'm miserable i don't know why i need to find out uh, and I went and I found out two important lessons. I learned there's no such thing as a free seminar. Uh, <laughs> that's the first thing. <laughs> and, uh, very true. Uh, uh, which is very true. And I also learned about neuro-linguistic programming and that had me hooked. Um, mm. And that started me on the journey of getting into practical psychology, uh, going down the psychotherapy route, eventually ending up in coaching um, with this enormous tool bag of stuff that allows me to do what I do today yeah fantastic so what's next what's next um you know it's funny um I think when you when you hit your 50s your your perspective of life does change and uh I, I've done this I've done a couple yeah I, sat, I sit in a couple of mastermind groups and we do this you know what's your vision what's this that and the other 
And my vision's changed from things I want to do and experience to things I want to become. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've actually surprised myself by that because it's very simple. Uh, it's simplified into five things that really now become a guiding light to if it's not those five things, then why are you doing it? Mm. Uh, and that's been really helpful. So, you know, I, I always remember um, a couple of, a couple of funerals I went to one, one was my ex-wife's father and I gave the eulogy and I was always struck by afterwards how people would come up to me and say, he's such a gentleman. He was mm -hmm. such a gentleman. And I can't believe how, what a compliment that is. People will speak of my grandfather and say, oh, he was, he was a real gentleman. And so that's my aspiration now is how do I become a gentleman that is remembered as a gentleman in, in the literal sense of that word. Um, you know, to have the courage, have courage and kindness and, 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 and apply that it is to all people I meet. Mm. And I'm not saying there's not days when I want to rip people's heads off. You know, I get, <laughs> head. I, I get out of bed like a bear with a sore head sometimes. And I'm just in the wrong frame of mind. I just know how to deal with it now. I just go, oh, that's where you are. Go and do this and you'll feel better. <clears throat> so, so, so really that's what I'm trying to do through my work in, in serving other people, in helping them become either individually or as a collective better than they were um, when I met them. Or, you know, if I take a role, you know, do I leave that role having achieved something and it's better because of that, um, which isn't always easy, but, but that's in the front of my mind. Um, the, the second is my wife, um, who I will tell anyone is not only my hero, but is also the making of me. Um, I, I, I'm very blessed to have met her and convinced her to marry me. Um, she caught me when I was falling and we make just an amazing couple and team in terms of what we bring to each other, bring to other people, bring to our family and what we do. Um, so, you know, that's very much a focus of where I want to work. And it's, you know, there's probably some people going, eh, that sounds cheesy and horrible and, and this, that, and the other. But um, I hope, you know, my hope is that other people have the opportunity to experience that with their partner, that if, with their life partner, um, because it's just, that journey of continually growing, continually encouraging each other to do more than, you know, to be, to be more mm. in whatever way. And, and sometimes that means doing less. It's like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. You know, yeah. You're, you're, why are you over here? You're, you're all about this. Uh, what's going on? You know, it, it's all those kinds of conversations and, and that, so that, so that's important. Making the business a success, obviously, that provides the the oxygen that allows me to do the other stuff, um, and the oxygen being the cash. So you know, I'm not frightened of talking about cash. It's really important. We all need it. You know, I'd love to live in a world where we didn't need cash. I think it'd be a lot simpler. But if you think unplugging Brexit's hard, you know, unplugging money from the world would just be way too hard. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a fact of life. So so I want to create enough oxygen by serving other people so that I can um, pay my bills, have the quality of life that I want, which is relatively simple, um, and do some of the things that I want to do in terms of giving back. You know, so if I'm, if my bills are all paid in six months, that means I can, I've got six months to go and invest in doing stuff for free. 
Yeah. And, and that's kind of my thinking. The next thing is really thinking about, so I, I took up martial arts about four years ago. Oh, and, right. <clears throat> and I did it because I watched my parents' health, physical health decline. Mm. Because they came from a generation which was you retire and you rest, not you retire and you invest in your health. Yeah. And and it was, I, I just made a decision that said, okay, I can't avoid the Grim Reaver. I'm going to go like everyone else. But when he comes knocking, I'm going to make sure I'm as fit as a butcher's dog to be able yeah. to do that. I need to find something Keep I enjoy. Active. And I've always hated running. Um, uh, you know, I admire anyone that can can run any distance but I always got involved in martial arts and I thought I need to find something so I took up a Aikido mm. um, and now I'm working to become an instructor so, oh, that right. I can, so that I can use that to work with young men overwhelmed by life mm -hmm. because there isn't enough support out there for them to do that to, to reach into to do something that looks really really cool and is, is basically a, a course in self-development described mm. as Dis disguised as a martial art as, as most martial arts are yeah only this one isn't a striking art um it's it's uh, one that's all about harmony and restoring and using energy something for another podcast and then the last thing is you know i music has always been a part of my life and yeah i was given a gift i never understood why it never materialized even when i tried to make it materialize and i think now i'm in a place where it's I just want to write music for me mm. but i do want to put it out there professionally even if my mum is the only one that buys it <laughs> and that and that's okay so the, it's kind of a little bucket list thing that says yeah i'm, I'm gonna do this i'm yeah i'm gonna record something i'm gonna put it out i'm gonna do it as professionally as i can and see what happens and you know it'll be a fun process so i mm. want to learn to write for orchestra and all that kind of stuff so i've got the courses i'm working my way through them very very slowly and that'll happen so that's what's next Fantastic. Wow. What, what an interesting mixture of pursuits <laughs> you were following. <laughs> a real, really interesting balance. Uh, it's not always balanced. Creating for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so in our last few moments, yeah. um, I will share, invite you to share your contact details so people can follow up if they want to. But before we do that, um, I want to ask if you have any final words of wisdom, advice, top tips, um, or lessons learned to share with other people who are either embarking on the journey or are already on the journey of growing a business for good. What would you like to say to them? So the thing, <clears throat> the thing I've been thinking about and reflecting on is all the business I've won since I started, I didn't chase. Everything I chased, I never won. Mm -hmm. So there's something in that. That, that yeah. would be the first thing. And I'm paying attention to that because... You can push, 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 push and sort of shoehorn people into business. And I've seen that through my corporate career. But there's this interesting dynamic that's happening. And, and what I find is people, the people that come to me are the people that I want to work with rather than mm -hmm. chasing people that you go, oh, yeah, I can't, I'm, well, all right, well, if we work together, that's great. I'll get some money. Um, I, I, so that's the first thing. The, th the second thing I would say is just be kind. Um, you, you don't know who's going through what. Uh, particularly right now, um, everybody's circumstance, yeah, that old classic of we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, I've, I've had the privilege of doing pro bono work with uh, frontline workers um, in um, acute units. And 
man, some of the stories and things they're having to deal with and continuing to have to deal with just makes you really humble. And mm -hmm. you know, if you think you've got problems in your life, you know, just just go down there and, and, and observe and listen and learn because you know, we we have it easy by comparison. And, 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 you know, that's not to say other people aren't struggling too. They are. And that's the point is you can't always see the struggle. Um, so just be kind. Um, and you never know what a difference a simple smile a kind word can make to someone's day and in some cases it can save a life yeah so true very powerful thank you you're welcome so yeah before we go um how can people get in touch or find out more about you and your work um best place is linkedin uh so uh, if you'd like to connect please do so it's just paul crick um you'll there's thankfully not too many of us um uh you can also find me on twitter paul h crick if you'd like to do that i i share various bits of things that sort of tickle my interest um uh those are the best places there's a company page on linkedin as well uh, the elevate partnership um so that's the elevate as in elevator and partnership that tells you bits about you know a bit more about what i do and then the website is the elevatepartnership.com um that's where you can find me and if you'd like to have a chat um i always say there's no sales pitch because i've i don't sell anything that's excuse me packaged yeah it starts with a conversation that's all yeah great well thank you so much for sharing thank all you your so insights much for having me this has been fun perspective I've really enjoyed hearing all about your journey and your business and how you're making that a force for good. And thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for listening in to today's Get Fruitful Conversation. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I invite you to give us a five-star rating, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends and colleagues to check it out too. This will help us reach a wider audience and make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, connect with other like-minded people in business and continue conversations about topics discussed here, then I'd love you to come and find our community online. It's free to join us. Just search for the Get Fruitful Business for Good group over on Facebook, visit my website, getfruitfulmarketing.com or click the links in the show notes. I'd love to hear what business for good means for you. Until next time, goodbye for now.